Seven minutes after 11, South African time, it's a beautiful Wednesday morning here in Johannesburg, my beloved, wonderful listeners of uh, Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and Company, and our beloved, wonderful listeners of Merkaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah, Wal Jama'a. Remember our WhatsApp number, 084-786-3132, 084-786-3132. International Overseas Listeners, Plus two seven eight four seven eight six three one three two plus two seven eight four seven eight six three one three two. Yes, it is the twelfth of uh, Jumad al Ula fourteen forty four, corresponding to the seventh of December twenty twenty two. I see Hazrat Molana Zahid. Uh, our beloved Molana, uh, our presenter as well, he's in a good mood. He's full of smiles. I see Hazrat uh, Haji Suleiman, S of my beloved engineer. He will be with me from now, 12-ish. He's also in a good mood. And I see my beloved Fadila Tulustad, Hazrat Molana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein, Hafizahullah. He's also in a good mood. He's on, he's on his way to Cape Town. And I see the Cape Tonians. Uh, waiting for our beloved, honorable, respected Fadilatul Ustad, Hazrat Molana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. Hafizullah. Remember, my beloved, wonderful listeners, if you guys have any questions regarding the bliss of marriage, please send uh, us your message on 084 786 3132. I'm actually waiting for our beloved, honorable, respected Fadila Tulustad. I don't know where he is, but I assume uh, he's uh, at the airport, if I'm not uh, mistaken. I think Ustad left, uh, left this morning. So, inshallah, we're going to be crossing over to him in a few minutes' time, inshallah. I'm waiting for my beloved engineer, Haji Suleiman Esop. As I was saying, uh, Molana Zaid is in a good mood. Haji Suleiman Esop is in a good mood. And uh, do we have our beloved Fadila to Ustad? Well, he is also in a good mood. Where is he uh, right now? Let's find out. Ustad, welcome to the bliss of marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum ma'arafat viyye the airport and inshallah after that we'll get leave inshallah sometime make dua. Jazakumullahu khairan Ustad. It's a beautiful mashallah year in Johannesburg in Indonesia. Somebody wants to know Ustad that my daughter she is 45 years old and she just refuses to get married for as long as we're still alive. I know she's making our khidmat what must we do, we as parents, Ustad? And Alhamdulillah, she is well off, she's very independent. Your advice, Ustad? All praise is due to Almighty Allah, 
to sustain and nourish and cherish of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If really she was to get married, today is Wednesday, then afternoon after Zohar, read two rakat salat and read Surah 25, verse 74. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa zurriyatina khubata'yun. All Allah grant us spouses and children and progeny that are the coolness of the eyes. And you, the parents, should read the same surah, surah 25, chapter 25, all this in the 19th Jews, 19th Supara in the first quarter, verse 54. She must read verse 74. You, the parents, must read verse 54. It starts, I read the verse, O Allah, khalaqa min al-ma'i bashara. He all made Allah created human beings from the semen and sperm. فَجَعَلَهُ نَسَبًا And all made Allah gave a lineage, you the father, mother, you the lineage. But Allah says, وَسِحْرَ And He gave in-laws also. So therefore you should read it that she settles down. So that is one side of the coin. Second one, you need to speak to her or get an auntie or somebody to speak to her in whom she has confidence. We don't know who you are, who your daughter is. But remember, three things come to mind. I'm just thinking aloud. Maybe she's got an illness or a sickness. We don't know. So maybe, therefore, she doesn't want to get married. You know, sometimes it's woman's problems and so forth. Second one, maybe she knows that she wants to get married to ABC person, but she's definitely sure, or 98, 95, 90% sure, that you, the parents, will object. So therefore, she's waiting for you to pass away and then she will settle down with that person. Or third one, she feels that she will get much more reward by serving you, the beloved parents, and take your du'as and so forth and so on. So these are the three things that come to my mind. Another angle we have to look at is sometimes we, the parents, are to blame that we give our daughters this education, that education, send them to college, send them to university, all that. End of the day, they become so independent that they won't listen to the parents, they won't listen to anybody. So what good was that education? So you must remember, therefore, be very clear on this issue for the ladies to go and attend classes in varsity. I'm not speaking of correspondence. To go to varsity and college and all that in this day and this age, it's a toxic environment there. I'm sitting at the airport, and before the program, I read three newspapers already, the Star and the Citizen and Sovietan, and they say that the biggest, one of the biggest problems facing South Africa are teenage pregnancies because the sugar daddies are spoiling them. <laughs> so meaning that they promise them this, promise them that, and then that leads to them meeting in the hotel, meeting here and there, and then you get uh, pregnant. Then they'll try with the next one, next one. So that is what you're experiencing in your schools, in your colleges, universities. So therefore, we say all these are haram places to go to. We must be very, very clear when it's such a toxic environment. So I'm just sharing my thoughts about you, and you know, so you should pray and be honest. Have a heart-to-heart discussion with your daughter, or get the auntie or uncle to speak to her, and she must then open and explain what her real problems are and what challenges she's facing.
So see you, Ustad. A listener says that uh, my husband has a severe snoring, snoring problem. The doctor advised him losing weight, which he does not want to acknowledge or have any diet plan. And he refuses to acknowledge the physical and mental strain did, uh, that, that this did on me and on the rest of the family. He gets upset when I leave the bedroom. I think this is Zulam Muftisab. Also, earplugs don't help. Your, your advice, Ustad. So here we have a husband who's a deep and a deep sleeper and a heavy snorer. So he's got a snoring problem. So they went to doctor. Doctor said he must diet. He don't want to diet. He said only fast in Ramadan and so forth. So what happens in a case like that? So whenever you want to fulfill conjugal rights, you go to his room or he come to your room and thereafter you go away to another bedroom and so forth and tell him Islamically is permissible because he is snoring so much, you can't sleep, and it's like a thunder coming on, you know? You know when it thunders and lightning. So tell him, oh, hubby, you're thundering every night, and you're snoring every <laughs> night. So, I mean, the problem lies with you, and if you want to live in denial, then I can't be staying awake for four, five, six hours at night, and then, you know, the whole day, once in a while it happens, is understood, but this is continuous. So obviously your hubby, according to the question posed, we answer the we answer according to the questions posed. So if it is really like that, then the hubby is in the wrong and the wife is right and justified. She's prepared to fulfill your conjugal relationship and thereafter she goes into another sleep bedroom and she can sleep there. So Islamically that will be justified, remember that. So start in Islam, whose responsibility is it to look after the financial needs of an unmarried woman who doesn't have a father, a brother, a grandfather, or an uncle, anonymous, Ustad. Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala, in the Noble Quran, has mentioned one golden rule, that same lady who doesn't have a father now, a biological father, he passed away, or doesn't have an uncle or a brother or whatever, so when she passes away now, who will be her heirs? So you must remember those heirs, ten months of dirt is another month of dirt. So who al-hulmu bil-hulmi, al-kharaju bi-zamani. So if those people are to benefit upon her death, so while she's alive, remember that the owner's responsibility is on them, that they must maintain her and sustain her. Then we come to the next scenario. So he say, hey, we got enough expenses of our own. We can't be maintaining you and so forth every week, every month and so. So in that case, there, whatever jewelry she got and all these type of things, she must sell it. And then the Muslim Ummah can help her and her sister with zakat. So that's an easy way out if there's no one prepared really to help her. The point I want to drive home is this. Islam has brought solutions for all situations and scenarios. We have to learn the Qur'an Sharif, the Sunnah Mubarakah of the Prophet ﷺ, Mustafa, Habibuna ﷺ, and we have to learn the Fiqhul Islami. What is the Islamic jurisprudence regarding these situations and scenarios? Mm. <clears throat> a listener says, Ustad, can I make a deal with my hubby to charge him rent for him and his second wife in my house, Islamically, Ustad. 100% you can charge him, there's nothing wrong. So you must remember the first house belongs to him. 
He's staying there with you and is not doing you a favor. So you must remember that, that he has to provide the roti, kapra, makan, the food, the shelter, clothing, medication, all this Islam says is compulsory upon him. Then he decided to get married. He said, you gone old and cold. He wants a lady who slum and trum, and now they're staying in your house, and now they want to stay free of charge. You say, no free of charge business. You must pata Allah. They must pay. So 100%, you can charge them 5,000, 10,000, whatever. We don't know how big, how small your house is, and so forth. So you must remember, <coughs> in that case, you're 100% entitled to charge them rental and come to a mutual agreement, a amicable agreement, and you can sign a lease also with them if you want to. So that is totally acceptable and permissible. He can't be staying there with his second wife and expecting you must give it to him gratis. So he must pay. 100% he must pay. Mm. What's the Muslim here? Anonymous wants to know that uh, I am uh, uh, the second wife. Uh, uh, gave birth three months ago. He used to come once a week, but of course only to be intimate. He says if his first wife finds out about us, she will leave him. What do I do? Should I approach the first wife or should I just walk out as he is already showing this interest in both me and his son, Ustad? You see, when we tell you something, you don't listen. Now when the problem comes, then you wake up and now you say solve the problem. Didn't we tell you a hundred times already, thousand times already, all these secret nikahs are not permissible? So he proposed to you two, three years ago and told you that, okay, I'll come meet you in the hotel or I'll come meet you by your house or some secret location, do a hit and run job, and then he will go. And now you fell pregnant, you gave birth, and now he's finished now. He used you and so forth. So, but first question we have to ask, is that nikah of yours valid or not? So remember this, did your father and them give permission? Did your brother give permission? If no permission was granted, then your nikah itself is null and void. According to the Shafi'is, Malikis, Humbalis, that nikah is null and void, you're living in sin. The child is an illegitimate child, and the lineage goes to the mother and not to the father. According to the Hanafi scholars and jurors, the fatwa verdict is this. And if any Hanafi, Molvi, Mufti, Sheikh, anybody wants to check it up, the Grand Mufti of Pakistan, and remember he's one of the greatest jurors with Indo-Pak produced in the past century, Albert Mufti Muhammad Shafi Abrahimullah, in Imdadul Mufti, he wrote there on page 551, when a Hanafi lady who's Akila Baliga who is sane and mature, and she gets married without the consent, permission of her father, then we will see if she got married to somebody compatible or not. If she marries somebody who is not compatible and is bringing shame and disgrace to the family, then the nikah is batil, null and void, just like the majority scholars. And if that person is compatible, then the nikah is valid, but still undesirable, so that is what he wrote there. You can go check it up, therefore I give you the reference and so forth. So we have to ascertain that, that's point number one. Point number two is this, that when you go and get married, second wife and all, while things are good, that he will use you. Now he used you, now he's fed up of you now. So now you must go to his first wife and you must tell him, uh, tell her that this is what your husband did. And if he wants, then remember, I'm to claim 
for the child and everything, all medical expenses and everything. If it's a baby girl, he has to pay from now right till the time she gets married. And if he doesn't pay, you will take him to court. And if it's a baby boy, then he must pay minimum from now right till 15 years old. So you have to, he can't be playing games with you and just making hit and run, and then you must sit with the problem and so forth and so on. And then he will look for our next one and get to make her pregnant. And then that's what they do, most of them. So therefore, Islam said, that in Surah 4, verse number 3, when you fear you can't do true justice, then fawahida, then one wife. So you also to blame, and he also is to blame. The child is ma'asum. Is a baby boy or a baby girl this child is born? Uh, it's a baby boy, Ustad. Yeah, so let him pay for everything for the next 15 years. So it's up to you now, make istikhara, whether you want to still stay in the marriage or you want to walk out. So that is what your, your response should be. But you must inform his first wife as well that this is what your husband was doing. He was coming and doing hitting and run, but you know, hit and run business. So he was doing hit and run business. So you must tell the first wife everything. Yeah. Ustad, mm. I've got a, a, a sister from Australia. Uh, she wants to know, she says, Dear respected Mufti Saab, our children uh, stress us out when it comes to reports. Do we have to give them incentives if they do well? Anonymous Ustad. There's no such thing as you must give them. You are working, for example, I'm just giving. A person is working for ABC company, XYZ company, and remember they agreed then in Australia you'll work with weekly wages. So you agreed on 100 Australian dollars. I'm just giving a random. So that is your wages. So every week you get 100. But sometimes the boss says that I'll give you a bonus. And because if you perform well and so forth, so that bonus is just an incentive. That bonus is just a favor. If he cancels it and so forth, there's no problem. Islamically, you can't impose it upon him because it is just an incentive. It's just a favor he's doing to the employees. So similarly, when it comes to our children, you must remember certain things are compulsory. We have to provide for them shelter, food, medication, clothing, education, all. But now we say no. I'm a, they come and demand. I, I pass come Loday. I pass with distinction. You must give me a hundred dollars, Australian dollars, or, or US dollars, or whatever. They can't impose upon you. If you, on your own, want to give them something, when I finish my hips, you know, 1970, for the help and mercy of all Allah. So while I was doing hips, I think my father bought me a black bicycle, a blue one. I still remember that. So you must remember, he said, no, I see you're doing well and all this kind of thing. So it's just a favor. It's not something we can impose upon our parents. It's just a bonus. So that is, so the parents must understand that and the children must understand that and the parents must tell them that you don't come and make stories here. If you don't perform, I got all the right to take it back also. In Islam, you're not allowed to take a gift back from the giftee, from the person to whom you gave it. Illal walid, but the parent can take it back. And there's no sin upon him in cases where he's justified like this. So we must understand Islam looks at all situations and all scenarios. So both of you tell him and the children that when you fulfill your duty with beauty, 
then you will get all the reward in this world and dwells of your parents. And if you don't, then don't come and threaten here that why are you not giving me this, why are you not giving me that. The parents' du'as are more important than any material bonus. All this must be instilled in our children's minds and hearts. Ustad, I'm not understanding the question. Somebody says we did nikah on Zoom. I am a revert. One of his friends said he will be my wali. None of family is Muslim on Zoom live. Anonymous, Ustad. That type of nikah and married sister is null and void. So remember, there's the Zoom nikah and you're making nikah on the phone and all that. None of that is valid. So you, my sister, you're a revert. They're just trying to exploit the situation. So you must make sure that do you know this person who you want to marry to? Who are the ulama that he knows, the, the, you know, the Islamic scholars? So you need to contact them. Is this person a stable person? Or is he, does he have a good income? And is he a person of integrity, honesty? He may be just looking for another hit and run, spend two, three months with you, have a good time with you, and then he will just leave you and abandon you because you are a new Muslim and maybe you look a bit pretty or attractive or very beautiful, so he just wants to have a good time. So don't fall in the strip, my sister. So that nikah, so-called nikah, is null and void. There's no nikah. So if you want to marry him, it seems that you are in different towns or different cities or different countries. So you must tell him he must appoint a wakil. Wakil in South Africa, representative, and he, that person, will act on his behalf. Or you must appoint a representative on your behalf in the country, in the city where he is. But before all that, you must do some homework and see, is he a man of honesty, integrity, or is just another hit-and-run case? Many a time, the Muslim men, we don't say all, but definitely we'll say many, when there's a lady who embraces Islam, and she's beautiful and so forth. You will get many shooters, mm. and these shooters are shooters. Remember that. They just don't have a good time, and then they'll drop you, divorce you, and abandon you. So be very circumspect and very careful, my sister. Mm. Ustad, uh, the, <laughs> the question says, uh, my sister was married to a humanizer. Unfortunately, he infected her with HIV. She went to a Sangoma to give her muti, so no man will refuse her. Now she says it is her mission to infect as many men as possible as revenge. Should I report her to the, should I report her to the authorities? What do I do? Anonymous, who start? First and foremost, start from the beginning when the proposal came for you. So how come you didn't do homework? Where were your parents? How could you just go? You know these people got the history. He'll sleep with this woman, sleep with this prostitute, sleep with that sleep lady, and so forth. Anyway, now you got married. Thereafter, you got affected with sexually transmitted diseases, or with AIDS, or what have you, and so forth. So that itself, both of you are to blame. Al-Khabithatul Al-Khabithin. Wal-Khabithuna Lil-Khabithat. Surah chapter 24, verse number 26. The immoral man for the immoral woman. The impure man for the impure woman. So what you did, now you had to show your true colors. You went to the Sangoma and you did all these funny, funny things there. So you must remember that that is on the verge of kufr. 
you're almost right out of the fall of Islam when you go to this and Bomas and so forth. Now you say, because he did this to you, you are going to take revenge and you will sleep with 50, 100 men and give them AIDS and all that. You lose your, your Islam totally, you must remember. You're making a mockery. You are making zina and you're making adultery all day as though it's permissible and you will try, shaitan will tell you this revenge. The Satan Lucifer will go and embellish and beautify all your vices and sins. So you must make sincere toba and repeat the kalima again and thereafter repent properly every day and forget all this business of leading this immoral life of yours. So you must remember that what you are doing and considering it so light takes you right out of the fall of Islam. Because what you are making, doing is a total mockery and you are going to sell your body so that you can negatively impact on other people's life. Because ABC did so, so you want to do it to other than 20, 50, 100 men. Totally, absolutely haram and you go out of the fall of Islam for making it like prostitution and you're saying it now is permissible for you because of your circumstances. There's no such thing like that. You're just trying to gratify yourself. And it was your failure also initially. He's wrong, that first husband of yours. But you also wrong, and now you're going to another level to the extreme. So all this is, you know, Quran says, وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِنْ مُصِيبَةٍ فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ When calamities befall you, it's because of your own deeds and your own actions. Usain is a student of Deen. She says that it is not the duty of a woman to cook for her hubby. Who made it the law? I can prove it to you from Quran and Hadith. And you know exactly what I'm speaking. Student of Deen Ustad. You must go back to Madrasa. You speak with so much pride and arrogance. So you must remember that, that when your husband tells you something, it's not compulsory for you to listen to him. <laughs> so your husband tells you you must cook breakfast, lunch, and supper. It's compulsory for you to listen to him. If you don't listen to him, he can pick you up. You don't know all these laws of Islam. Sure. So you'll learn. That's why I say for you girls to call yourself Alima and all that is not permissible. Because you're Jahila. Total Jahila. Majority of you. Hazrat Mufti Muhammad Shafisa Brahimamullah, who was the Grand Mufti of Pakistan, when he used to address the students in the beginning of the year, he used to say, some of you, you came here to this Darulum. You came here as a small donkey. And after five years, seven years, nine, ten years, you will leave. And you will go back a big donkey. But that is what happens to some of you also. You will learn certain masail halfway. And then you want to justify it and you want to challenge and all this. You talk more nonsense than anything else. When your husband tells you, you have to listen to him as long as it's something that is not haram and not against Sharia. So always what you are quoting, remember, is not worth the paper on which is written. <laughs> Allahu Akbar, subhanAllah. Well, it's uh, 26 uh, minutes uh, to 12. Uh, somebody says here, yeah, but Mufti Saab, can I ask for a divorce if uh, my husband wants to force me to do things that only he likes and I refuse, like bungee jumping? Anonymous Ustad. You must remember that the husband sometimes become the dictators. Sometimes the husbands become the zalims and the oppressors. Sometimes they will tell their wives they want to fulfill conjugal relationship. 
when they are in their menses. Quran says it's haram. Surah 2, verse 2, 2, 2. Sometimes they will tell the wife they want oral and all anal and what and what and what. And they will say, no, you must do. Others will go to the street lady and all that. It's all haram, this type of things there. Thereafter, they will say, you must do what I tell you to do. Since when bungee jumping and that is permissible in Islam, so you are putting your life at risk. You are doing this, doing that. You must not put yourself in some the destruction the destruction and the no harm and so forth. So remember, in cases like that, you don't have to listen to your husband. Where he's telling you to do things that are un-Islamic and not permissible. The golden maxim, the golden rule in Islam, mentioned in Mishkar Sharif in Ibn Majah, لا طاعت لمخلوق في معصيت الخالق There is no obedience to any creation when it leads to a sin against the Creator. So that is where you stand. You mustn't listen to him in all these type of things there. So maybe he wants to put you there in the bungee jumping, so you pass away and then he gets a new virgin and a new start. <laughs> you don't know this man. They got some crazy ideas in there. So that is what they want. They'll tell you, go inside there, and then he'll forget you. He'll say, very good if he dies and passes away. So they're crazy. I don't say all, but some of the men, they like that. Mm. Yeah, Allah... <laughs> Ustad is a listener saying that uh, they are listening to you right now from uh, Houghton. He says that Mufti Eke, you, you are at OR Tamo at the moment. Is there any halal food there uh, at the airport, Ustad, to eat? We never ever go there. We bring our own food and we come. We never go because our fatwa is very, very clear on this. All this commercial chicken, they can have halal stamps, halal logos. All these halal logos, halal stamps are not worth the paper on which is written. We have no confidence in any of the halal, he was a member organizations, not only in South Africa, throughout the world. It's all one big, big money-making gimmick, and in a case, typical case of scholars for dollars business. They, they will slaughter 300,000 chicken per day at their rainbow plant, and you telling me every chicken is halal, you must go tell that to the to the, the animals they through the park. So you must remember these type of things here. Yeah? So therefore, if you have to buy something, you buy water or something. But as far as the chicken and meat go, our fatwa will be very clear. It's all haram, and remember, it's not permissible. So therefore, me and my wife, I'm going to finish the program. We're going to have a nice lunch, which she brought with. And thereafter, we will, uh, uh, I got my boarding pass, everything already. And then after lunch, we'll read Zohar Namaz, and then we go, and then Kapsta to Inshallah. Subhanallah, Subhanallah. I see Buddha, Buddha Jamil from Hanover. He says, move this up on Zvag for you. What time will the flight land in Kapstad, Ustad, Buddha Jamil? Don't, don't worry about the plane, my Buddha Jamil. You must just be tonight day in Hanover Park in Masjid Rahman. The program starts after Maghrib. So you must be there 7.45, because 10 to 8 or something, or around there 5 to 8 is, a Ishab, is Maghrib Salat, and thereafter the program will start. So Jamil Buta, you must be there. And if you want, you can bring one cook sister. <laughs> so so And a Jamil cook sister. A Yeah, because Jamil means to be handsome and to be beautiful. So you bring not one old stale one, 
A nice one, you know, the fresh ones, yeah. So that are the nice ones, the ones you give out on Sunday. So then I shall meet you there, inshallah, my Buddha Jamil. 21 minutes to 12. I see Haji Suleiman is having a good laugh. We go for interval, Ustad. When we come back, we will continue with the bliss of marriage. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. Well, it's uh, 19 minutes uh, to 12. Uh, it's a beautiful morning here in Johannesburg. Yes, our beloved, honorable, respected Fadila Tulustad. He's uh, at uh, O.R. Tambo at the moment. He's on his way to uh, Cape Town. Ustad, if Ustad could just give us maybe uh, just a small rundown where Ustad's programs will be. Uh, will, they be will it be live on Marcus Sahaba? Will there be ladies' program as well? And Ustad, is, is Ustad having a ladies' program in Cape Town? Ustad? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Inshallah, Wednesday, 7th December, that's today. After Maghrib, we will be in Masjid rahman That is in Hanover Park, 7 Ryston Road. Then tomorrow, Thursday, 8th of December, we will be in Madani Marcus, 57 Range Road, Kenwin. And that is after Maghrib. And then Friday, Jumu'ah, the lecture will start at 12.40, 20 to 1 there. And it is in Jamia Usmaniya Masjid this Friday. And Yakul's Flay, Yakul, you know, the the, the, the Yakul's Flay Avenue. So this is Bontiable. And that is for the Jumu'ah. And then Friday night, inshallah, in Masjid Salihin, in Bayview Center, and Sifera Drive, Bayview, after Maghrib. So all the programs after Maghrib, so around 8, 5 past 8, 10 past 8, we will start. And, you know, Cape Town, mashallah, the Maghrib is late there, one hour after hours. So, yeah, in Gauteng, plus minus. So that is, and then Juma, I told you, will be Jamia Uspaniya. There's no ladies' program anywhere. You can listen on the live streaming or on the Bilal, you know, radio or whatever. If they have these facilities, it will not be live on Marcus Sahaba. What we will do, I will tell my brothers there, Brother Hassan Badat and all of them who are there, that they must try and record it good quality. And then, inshallah, from time to time, we will play it on the Marcus Sahaba, inshallah, Aziz. And inshallah, that we will be Saturday day in Qasimul Uloom. Small history, Darulum, Newcastle was 50 years old. We were there for the Jalsa, mashallah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we came back. So, mashallah, 40th graduation for Darulum, Newcastle, Mo Qasim Sema, Rahimullah, started the Madrasa Darulum, the first Darulum in South Africa, 1973, and now we're ending 2022. So, the graduates of Darulum, Newcastle, they named their Darulum Qasimul Ulum after Azad Mo Qasim Sema, Rahimullah. And remember, this is their 25th year. So on, on Saturday, 5 o'clock is Asr Salat. Qasim Ulum is situated there in Philippi. So the Cape Town brothers and them, they know about it. And mashallah, after Asr Saturday, we will have a, dars, a lesson on Tirmidhi Sharif because they want, uh, you know, my son and chain and all those type of things. And then Sunday will be the annual graduation, Jalsa at Qasim Ulum, and that's in Philippi. They'll start at 9.30, and then we'll do the Bukhari Sharif Khatam, inshallah, al-Aziz. 
So, and then in the afternoon from Cape Town to Q&A, and then night time we'll be coming back, inshallah, Aziz. So that is our program Ameen. for Cape Town for this trip here. Allah Ta'ala make it easy Ameen. and accept it also. Ameen, 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 Summa, Ameen. Ustad, is a listener says that, uh, I'm not understanding the question, it says that Mufti Sahib, doctors are quacks. Uh, they legal thieves in broad daylight. My husband is just one of them. How can he charge a person 350 rand and say take a panado and go sleep? Takes him like a minute, then it's over. Anonymous Ustad. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Now we can't paint everybody with the same brush, but your point is valid. Some of them are real quacks. You must remember that. And you must remember that everything got proven during the COVID and Corona. From day one, I told you that this is not a pandemic. It's a pandemic. It's a scamdemic. Now all the data, everything is coming out. And now again, they want to make us fools and idiots if you look at it. And they're saying that, no, this virus will come and this virus and so forth. So the pharmacists and the, many of them, many doctors, Muslim, non-Muslim, and the big, big politicians, they all were involved. How you can have so many billions, millions of dollars and so forth there under the matras, under the pala pala and whatever. You know, yesterday I sent out the advert that the pala pala so far is on sale, 59,999 rand for December. So that is what you see. So when a doctor is fleecing the people, that you give the them doctor, you give them panado, but you give call it some fancy name, paracetamol, and you give it this name, you give them injection, but it's a water injection, and you're laughing all the time. They're 300 rand, 500 rand, and so forth. So remember in Islam that this is, a, that's why Islam doesn't work with the law, written law, black and white, no. Islam says it must be black and white as well, but with that we have to address our conscience. They asked the Master, Rahmatulil Alameen, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Mal ismu ya Rasulallah, what is a sin? What, is, what will you say? Explain to us. You were, you are, you are always the only exclusive Rahmatulil Alameen, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, a mercy to the entire universe, not only to human beings. So he, Habibuna Mustafa, Rahmatulil Alameen, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said, Mahaka fi Sadrik, that did agitate your heart, agitate your conscience. It works on your mind and works on your conscience. Wakarihta ayyatwali alayhi nas, and you dislike the people to come to know about it. Go open Mishkat, go open Mustafa Ahmad, you will find all these ahadis there. So therefore, when our doctors, we don't say all obviously, but some of them, fleecing the people like this, deceiving them and so forth, then we must expose them and we must report them to the medical association and so forth, and they may be struck of the role. Remember that, because this is deception at a mass, mass scale, making the masses into asses. Mm. That is what they are doing, some of them. So can I, can, can I marry my friend's daughter? She is 20 years younger than me. Uh, I mean, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam married Bibi Aisha, Ustad. So you must remember if she is happy and you are happy, both parties are Muslim. They're not Kufar, Shias, or Qadianis and Agakhanis. And the most important thing is she and her father. That the father must get consent, biological father, not adopted father and stepfather. And the, so when all that is done, then the age no problem. 
Our Mohan Qasim Sema was well in his 70s, 75, 77. He married a young lady, 22, 23 years old. The gap was 50 years plus minus. And after one, two years, Molana's wife gave birth. So the Dalum students, many of them that time from Cape Town, so they used to say, oh, Silika say, Molana is old, but it's not cold. That Molana is old, but it's not cold. See there. So you must remember. So that doesn't mean anything. The main thing is the aqidah, the belief structure must be right. Second one is that the girl's father, biological father, must give consent. And then you go ahead, you have two witnesses, he becomes the wakil, and so the representative, then you get married, mashallah. So that is the most important thing. Uh, there's a brother saying that, uh, Mufti Sab, I told my wife last night that, uh, I don't know, for some reason, I'm just feeling like I'm going to die soon. And then she said quickly, she said, no, why don't you write a will out? Instead, uh, instead of she telling me, no, inshallah, my hubby, you won't pass away now. I still miss you and I, and I still love you. But she says quickly, why don't you write a will out? Well, Mufti Sab, please, your advice. It's very good advice she gave you. Mustafa Rahmatullil Alameen Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave us advice and said Hadith in Bukhari Sharif Abu Dawood Yabitu Laylataini illa wa wasiyyatuhu maktubatun indahu that you must not even allow two nights to pass but your final will and your last testament should be written already so that's exactly what she told you so she said nothing wrong and remember if you die in the state then you're dying with a major major sin so it's compulsory, wajib compulsory upon you that you drive the world out immediately and remember it should be according to the Sharia so your wife will get 12.5%. If your parents are alive, they will get 1616 and the residue will go to your children, sons and daughters, the ratio 2 to 1. But remember before all that will be your funeral burial expenses your debts of the disease, whether it's corporate business debts or personal debts, were see for none is. And that is people like, for example, your brother, your sister, or grandchildren, and so forth. When you have a son, then they will not inherit. Your siblings will not inherit if you have a son or if you have your biological father. So there's nothing wrong. She gave you excellent advice. You should give her a prize now. Tell her, oh, honey, take this money and so forth. <laughs> so remember that. There's nothing to feel upset, my brother. You got the wrong end of the miswak. He says, but instead of saying, you can't die now, my baby, why didn't you say that to start? So you must remember that die, we must be prepared every day to die. So she can't tell you, don't die now, because that is only in Allah's hands. Kullu nafsin In Islam, ida asbahta. That is what Islam says. Mm. When you make the morning, don't wait for the evening. When you make the evening, so then don't wait for the morning. So my brother, you're just making a mountain out of a molehill. Your wife did you a big favor. Get your will into uh, ready, and then you must talk. You're just looking for trouble for nothing. Mm. Usain, I've got uh, Buta Hamid from Cape Town as well. Uh, he says, will Mufti Sab come and perform his nikah? Buta Hamid, where will Mufti Sab be? Ustad? Which day? We don't know now. You want, why you don't come there to Kasibul Ulum? We perform your nikah there. You come there Saturday afternoon after Asr, and then we perform your nikah there. But you must bring the girl's father with. Then only we can perform the nikah. 
or the girl's brother and so forth. Just now you make somebody else all in mix-up business, honest the bro, then we don't want trouble, my buta. So we're ready to perform your nikah, but we want all the documentation, all the parties involved, everything must be done straight, no zigzag business. Mm. If you're not available Saturday after Asr, then you come Sunday. So inshallah, nikah is five-minute job, we can perform your nikah. But the girl's father must be present or the girl's brother must be present. Mm. Buta, Buta says he will contact you, Stad, Buta Hamid. But he says he's, nah. got, he's got small problems, so he doesn't know about the, the, the girl's father or what, etc. You see, they're all the problem come. They just want to make it and run. The girl's father doesn't even know his daughter is married. The brother doesn't even know his sister is married. So mm. how we can perform the car like that? We don't do things like that, and we don't charge also. It's free of charge, my puta. Mm. So remember, other sheikhs said, Imam al-Fatim khilt, on fatid khilt. But you must do things properly, fulfill your duty with beauty. I see Haji Suleiman Esop says, please put a good word for him, Ustad. You are very in Cape Town. Yeah, I put some words. I maybe bring one lady for him, what book sister? <laughs> Somebody says who started as anonymous, uh, I own a double story house, dear Muftisab. Can I take a second wife and put her upstairs who started? And then downstairs, the bottom one will be. And when you fight with both of them, they will put you properly in the outbuilding and in the garage. <laughs> so you must remember this type of thing. Why you want to complicate your life? Leave the upstairs, downstairs business. I want to ask you, Baji. One question. You got uh, you got uh, one house, double story. Now you're living nicely with your wife and everything. He said, no. Now pay up, who take you? So I got enough money. So let me get married and enjoy life again. You don't know what Quran says. Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 3. فَإِنْ خِفْتُمْ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا If you fear, you can't do justice. You know you can't do justice. 80% of the Muslim men, 90% don't do justice. For Wahida, then you must stick with your one wife, the old is gold. So they would appreciate her. See what Quran says. Look at the tartib, the sequence, and the way Allah has explained it. Anything in life you want, go to Quran Sharif and Sunnah Mubarakah. You will find the answer there. This is the signs and the symbols of Almighty Allah. And khalaqa lakum min anfusikum. He has created for you, for your benefit, min anfusikum. The same species. Allah didn't say you must get married to a rat or a cat or something. You must get married to human being. Mm. And she's saliha, sali, pious, like that. Then, وَمِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ إِلَيْهَا First thing in the house, you must have sukoon. Your home, your house must become a home. Your home will become Dar es Salaam, a home of peace, tranquility, serenity. You're greeting one another, you're embracing one another, and the bodies are meeting, the hearts are meeting, this unity of thought. Both of you got on the same wavelength, not in opposite directions, then that leads to rows and ructions. No. So let us go to Ilaya. Then the longer you live, Waja'ala Bainakum, Mawaddatan, and then Allah will bring the love. After two months, three months, six months, the love will increase, increase. Now you're married like us, old-timers, 30, 40, 50 years with Allah's help, Allah's mercy. Then you don't have to tell your poppy, your honey, your darling, every day I love you. She don't have to tell you every day. 
Now you must think, the mercy must come. This lady, what was sacrifices she made for me? She left a parent, she left a sibling, she left a place of a birth, and she gave birth to my children, and she was so loyal to me, all that. So the mercy and the compassion that you should look at. She should look at this husband, that he went to work, he did all that, so that we don't have problems end of the month, we can pay all our bills and everything. So look at Islam, first peace, tranquility, serenity, then the love, then the mercy and compassion. But today's Muslim, what he says, he says, no, I topatigi, that this one is finished now, tired and retired. I want the new tax, I want the new honey and all that. I want to become like Biden, so you know Joe Biden, snippy Joe Biden's son, <laughs> hunter. Hunter is still hunting, you see? So you, Islam don't allow all that, you must remember. Hadith authentic, Tirmidhi Abu Dawood. Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man kanat lahu imra'atan, when you have two wives, wa ma'ala ila ihtahuma, and you are now bent towards one, favoring one over the other. Jaha yawm al-qiyamah wa shibkuhu saqid. That person will come and remember the day of justice, and his whole body will be bent and be humiliated in front of everybody. My brother Suleiman Esop, I think you must give Maulana Arafat the list of the programs and then Maulana can mention it after this last question, inshallah. Ustana, uh, uh, there's a sister, she really, really needs uh, help from you, Ustana. She says that uh, my sister is in an emotional, abusive marriage. What should she do, Ustana? Please advise. Obviously, this is now one side of the story. We don't know what really is happening. But for my two cents worth, I will tell you, if really your husband is abusing you physically or emotionally and so forth and so on, then tell him you want this December now, you want the break, you want to go to your parents' place or to your brother's place or something, and then you will come back and then you have a good discussion with them. You write down all these strong points, you write down all these weaknesses, where we can meet one another halfway, Quran Karim states in Surah number 4, verse number 128, reconciliation is the best. But both parties have to compromise in things that are permissible. So that should be our aim. Our aim should be to make the home and not to break the home. There might be innocent children and all that involved. So these are all issues we should grapple with and face them. So that is what my advice is. Speak to your parents, speak to your brothers, sisters, and inshallah, make istikhara, and Allah Ta'ala will guide you what to do. Okay, our time is up. To talk news, inshallah, with Brother Suleiman Esop, and then they will announce the programs and so forth. So make dua, and I told you that tonight we are in Masjid Rahman, there in Hanover Park, after Maghrib, Cape Town. So make dua for us and the Ummah at large. Jazakallah khairan. Inshallah, you'll send me the podcast and then we will send it out, inshallah. Salaam, jazabarakallah, maulana. Jazakallah khair to Suleiman and the team. Assalamu alaikum to all the listeners of Sirius FM. Barakallah fiqh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That was our beloved Honorable Fadilatul Ustad, Hazrat Mulana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein, Hafidahullah. We will be again, inshallah, on the airwaves tomorrow morning, live, 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock on our program, As-Safinatu Ilal Jannah. Well, from myself and all the listeners, Allahumma hadina wa hadibina. 
واهدي الناس جميعا السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته مركز صحابة The Voice of أحل السنة والجماعة